Natural Civic Center Park and the historic Glenview Mansion are proud to present the chilling tales and thrilling adventures of Mysteries from Glenview Mansion. I busied myself to think of a story, one which would speak to the mysterious fears of our nature and awaken thrilling horror, one to make the reader dread to look around, to curdle the blood and quicken the beatings of the heart. In 1831, Mary Shelley wrote these words as an introduction to her world-changing masterpiece, the story of a monster and his creation. The tale of one mad doctor's quest to defy death has made an indelible mark on the cultural landscape, appearing in countless novels, plays, movies, and musicals. So it is no surprise that this dreadful tale was adapted into a radio play for The Witch's Hour, a program long thought to be the first horror drama on broadcast radio. Originally airing on August 3rd, 1931, the program was created, written, and directed by Alonzo Dean Cole. And now, without further ado, we present Frankenstein. <laughs> a hundred and eleven year old I will be today. Yes, a hundred and eleven year old. Well, Satan, my dear cat. Well... All these folks be gathered here to hear one of our perfectly good bedtime stories. And tonight we're going to tell them one that's become famous all over the world. You're right, Satan. A woman named Mary Shelley once writ this yarn of ours in a book. But she and no one else ever knowed the true facts of the case but me. <laughs> Douse out them lights. Setting in the spooky shadows is the way to hear our pretty tales. Now, go up to the fire and gaze into the embers. Gaze into them deep, and soon you'll be with us in Switzerland. Soon you'll hear our yarn of Frankenstein. Frankenstein! <laughs> all right, all right, I'm coming. Don't break the door down. Who is it? It is I, Professor Waldman. Oh, come in. Ah, good evening, Madam Maurice. Good evening, bye. It's raining cats and dogs. Step inside so I can close this door. Yes, Madam Maurice. Oh, just letting that wet umbrella drip all over my clean floor? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you men of science. I suppose I should be used to such foolishness after keeping house for Victor Frankenstein. Oh, he's just a young scientist, Madam Maurice. Just wait until he reaches my age. Hmm, you leave me shocked. <laughs> and where is our young Victor? In his laboratory? Is he ever anywhere else? He doesn't even come out for his meals anymore. What is he doing in there? Professor, that idiot is so mysterious about. I don't know any more than you do. Our Victor is a genius, and genius shares its secrets with no one. Professor Walden, I am worried about that boy. In the last six months, he has changed. Changed? Yes, he thinks of nothing but of his work of late. You know how much he loves his fiancée, Elizabeth? There are three times he's postponed their marriage because it wasn't finished. And I'm afraid of what he's doing. I feel it's unholy. Madam. Unholy, I tell you. 
He forbids me to enter that laboratory of his, but he can't close up my ears. At night, I hear those frightful sounds from there, the cries of animals in pain, and made from him who has always been so kind, sustained shouts and crying. And I've seen things, brutish things, brutish-looking men bring in this house, hideous things from the slaughterhouses and the, the morgue. Last week, the public executioner was here. He brought the body of that robber who was beheaded in the square. There's no need for you to worry. However disgusting the tools he employs, you may be sure the object of Victor's work is to benefit mankind. Hmm, I hope you are right, but he's coming from the laboratory. See him lock the door behind him? With the care he takes, one would think that room was filled with gold. Good evening, Victor. Oh, Professor Waldman, I'm so glad you received my message and came at once. Uh, Madame Morris, uh, get your hat and cloak. I must send you to your sisters. In this awful storm? Oh, is there a storm? Is there a storm? Uh, then you must call a cab. I'm sorry, but Professor Waldman and I must have the house alone. This is a night for which I have waited for so long. The night in which I'll finish the crowning achievement of the ages. Victor! You are trembling with excitement. What have you done? Tomorrow, all Switzerland will know. My name shall ring out throughout the world. You shall be the first to know, dear Madame Morris. But tonight, you must go. You must go now. You mean your work has ended? There will be no more dead bodies coming through that door? No more horrors from the slaughterhouse? No, no, that's over, Madam. Now go. 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 I'm going, I'm going, even if I catch my death of cold in this awful storm, it will be worth it. Go, go, go. Please, go. Victor, what have you discovered? Shh. Wait to see if she's out of hearing. She wouldn't understand. She's gone. What is it? Come in, please. Come into the laboratory. Professor Waldman, from the putrescence of death, I have wrested the secret of life. Life? Yes, I, Victor Frankenstein, have created man. Look at him there. Bit by bit I fashioned it. His organs, his limbs, his brain, his external flesh. A beautiful sleeping giant. But sleeping only until I give him life. But now the time has come. That's why I sent for you, old teacher. You pointed out the path. I know nothing of this. Yes, you sent me to the ancients for forgotten knowledge. Through them I learned of magic and the hidden truths of nature. But I have gone beyond the ancients. In a moment I shall make a man. I shall be his god. You blaspheme! Why? To the race of whom this giant will be father, Frankenstein will be God's name. Blasphemy! No, for I am greater than your lord. You are mad! <laughs> bah! Look at this puny human tribe which he created. They must have delicate foods, long hours of rest. They're weak, decayed, and gorged with sickness, afraid of heat and cold. Compared to this child of Frankenstein's great genius, men are flies living out of summer's day. Look at him there, eight feet tall, a mountain of strength, immune to illness, weather, and fatigue, with a brain that grasps in a single hour all that man must take a year to learn. This machine will give him life. I pull the lever. Watch! No! Don't! 
<laughs> in a moment, he will breathe, and I shall have improved on nature. I shall have improved on God. The giant's leg grows warm. There's pulsation in his veins. Soon he will rise and walk. Great God. No, Great Frankenstein. Victor, the beautiful contours of his body are melting. What? His flesh is shriveling like a mummy's. He's becoming ugly, misshapen. Ah, you are creating a horror. The machine, I'll turn it off. Too late, he breathes. It's worse. He lives. May God forgive you, Frankenstein. You've made a monster. I can't go back into that house. I can't look at him again. You must. You should not have fled from him an hour ago. You are responsible for him. You are his creator. Yes, you're right. I am the great god, Frankenstein. But how could he have changed so as I gave him life? I planned a thing of beauty and produced a loathsome horror. Man cannot usurp the properties of God. Let us go in. Oh, all right. Why should I fear him? His trifleness may be only that of an exterior that I in some way marred. I gave him a brain capable of the most lofty thoughts, the noblest actions. Why, it's going to be all right. In his body of a fiend may be the nature of an angel. I, I, I planned his nature so. Victor, the laboratory door is open. He has burst the lock. With giant strength. Oh, he's gone. Oh, Professor Waldman, what's that lying in the shadows? It's Madame Maurice. She didn't go to her sister's. She saw him. She fainted of fright. Victor, she is dead. Oh, no, no. Her throat has been crushed by giant hand. That monster's killed her. Oh, no. I, the great god, Frankenstein. Well, my boy, how does it feel to be on your feet again? Not bad after a year in bed, I'll wager. A year has passed since that awful night. Enough. I forbid you to speak of that just yet. Oh, I'm quite strong now. We must talk, Professor. This is my first opportunity to be with you alone. Careful, Victor. Elizabeth is in the next room. And your mother. They don't know? No one knows but you and me. They think you're ravings of the monster, figments of delirium. And you have been quite mad, you know. Yes, mercifully mad. Until a week ago, the darkness lifted from my brain to help me remember and to fear. What other crimes has the thing I made committed since you brought me here? Where is he? You must tell me. You have nothing to fear, Victor. The monster is dead. Dead? Yes. You're not lying to me. You're not lying just to ease my mind. No. During the week since his first disappearance, he was seen in several villages, and the superstitious farmers took him for a demon from another world. At last, he was fired upon and wounded. The trail of his blood was traced to the edge of a mountain chasm a thousand feet in depth. We shall never hear from him again. Really dead? Oh, <laughs> I feel as though the weight of time itself were lifted from my shoulders. I'm free again. My nightmare is over. There's nothing more to fear. Victor, darling! Oh, Elizabeth! Come in, my dear. I hope you'll forgive my intrusion. I heard Victor's voice and it sounded so different, so happy. I simply had to come in and see. 
Oh, I am happy, dear. I shall be happy forevermore. You will be even happier if left with Elizabeth alone. <laughs> I know young lovers. Oh, really, Professor? <laughs> I'll see you later. Elizabeth, dear sweetheart. Oh, how good it is to see you yourself again. You've been so ill, so close to death. But now I have returned to life and to you forever. You mean, until you go away again, back to your studies, your experiments? No, my studies are over. My experiments are ended. Victor! I shall never enter the laboratory again. There will be no more postponements of our wedding. Then I shall have you all my own? Always? Always. Oh, my dear, you don't know how happy that will make me. I've been so jealous of the science which has kept you from me. It seemed to keep you from even the sun. I have come back to you, and I... Your mother's calling me. I must tell her. Perhaps we can be married right away. Tomorrow, if possible. Oh, I love you. How I love you. Coming, Mother Frankenstein. Oh, I'm so happy. And I. Happy, happy, happy. Oh, there's nothing now to fear. You're wrong, Frankenstein. You? Alive? Yes, I. The monster you created. <laughs> I followed you to this desolate place as you bade me. What do you want of me? To show you my home, Frankenstein. This barren cave upon the mountainside, exposed to the wind and howling beasts. Here I, the monster you created, live whilst you reside in comfort. I want to show you my solitude while you are planning marriage. I thought you dead. You made me too strong. The fall you heard had killed me, could not destroy my body. I simply disappeared from man, because man had shut me out. Even you cannot bear to look upon my repulsive being. Even you, my maker, you, my god. God. The great god, Frankenstein. Yes, when you made me, so you called yourself. <laughs> How did you learn that I was your creator? Upon that night when I first knew life, you fled from the horror you'd given breath from me. I was naked, cold, wrapped in a cloak of yours about me. There were papers in its pocket. I learned to read. I found they were the notes of your creation. A pitiful tale they told of how you made me from the refuse of the slaughterhouse and the morgue. I am partly man and partly beast. You owe me recompense for the awful life of which I am doomed. <laughs> that is why I came to you tonight. That you may pay your debt. What is it you wish? A companion. A companion? Yes, Frankenstein. Oh, I hate you. And yet I love you. For you are all I have. Take 
pity on this thing you made. For I am lonely with a hunger that no man can ever know. You want me for your companion? No. You know more than other men can bear to look upon my frightfulness, no. Give me a creature as loathsome as myself. One who will not run from me and hide their eyes in horror. You mean create another monster? Yes. No, no, no. Why, with your vicious inhuman minds together, you might lose upon the world an entire race of monsters. A race which would destroy mankind. I swear we will do no harm, Frankenstein. I swear to you. Never. I presume no more upon the powers of heaven. I experiment no longer with the mysteries of God. You will not create for me a mate. No. A thousand times no. Yet you yourself prepare a public celebration of love and companionship. Beware. You made me strong. I could crush you like a dove. <laughs> I'm not afraid of you. Only of life's secrets, which I have already probed too deep. I will not do the thing you ask. Then die. Strike. No. No, I spare you now. At the hour of your greatest happiness, I will strike straight to your heart, Frankenstein. Wait and fear, for I'll be with you on your wedding night. <laughs> on your wedding night! <laughs> Victor, how can you be so sad tonight when all of our dreams have come true? Oh, I'm not sad, dear. Oh, how could I be when at last you are my wife? Victor, you're keeping something from me. Oh, no, no. You are. Professor Waldman has been acting strangely, too. And the grounds outside are filled with strange men who look as though they were policemen standing guard. You have nothing to fear, my darling. No enemy to harm you on our wedding night. No, of course not, dear. Why, what could I be afraid of? Victor? Victor Frankenstein. Professor Waldman. Victor, Victor, come with me at once. Uh, oh, excuse me, Elizabeth. I, I must speak to your husband alone. What is all this mystery? What? It's nothing, dear. Now you stay here, and I'll explain everything when I return. Hurry, Victor. Yes, yes. Excuse me, dear. But, Victor, what? what? Close the door tightly. She mustn't hear. Did you see the monster? The police have him surrounded. Good. Come on. No, wait. He's cunning. I can't leave Elizabeth in that room alone. It's you he threatened to strike, not her. And we have him in a net. He cannot get away. Then lead me to him. At last, let me destroy the awful thing that my hands have made. <coughs> Elizabeth! Quick! Back to that room! Guards, guards, keep her safe. The door is locked. Burst it open! Elizabeth! Elizabeth! She's lying crumpled on the floor. That open window! The monster! Straight to your heart, Frankenstein! Straight to your heart! <laughs> Elizabeth! Elizabeth!
After all, Frankenstein, you've tracked me down. You fiend of hell! Stand out from those rocks where I can see you. So you may aim at my breast with that pistol which you carry? I have you now! Not yet! You forget how fast I move! Ah! Let me go! Did you think you could destroy me with weapons such as this? I whom you made superior to the puny race of men? I will throw your pistol into yonder cavern! And I release you unhurt and unharmed. In some way, sometime, with another weapon, I shall bring you death. Tonight you have killed the woman I have loved the best in all the world. On her broken body, I am sworn to live for your destruction. I told you I'd strike you to the heart. You thought I meant your heart of flesh, your body. There was a better way. I have turned your happiness to misery. Oh, God. Great Lord of all, destroy this monster. You are my God. You are my Lord of all. Listen, Father. Now you are in agony. You condemned me to a life of solitude and sorrow. Now you are condemned. You are now sworn to live for my destruction. Your hate will make you follow me across the world, through the sun-scorched desert, through the icy plains, through the heat, cold, thirst, hunger, to which I, your creation, am immune. How great you made me, great God. Frankenstein, you will follow me across the world. I always just ahead, you always just behind, until your body, wracked by age and sorrow, will reach the end. Now I go, and you will follow. You will follow! <laughs> I will follow to your death or mine. Hello, castaway! Three points starboard! A castaway? Here at the Arctic Circle? Aye, sir. Look out, spot a man on a floating block of ice. Broke away from the mainland, sir. Dead? Alive and alone! A thousand miles from humankind! Some explorer, probably, like ourselves. Yes, who's lost his pardon. He may be a companion of that strange giant we saw from the distance a week ago. Think we can get him, sir? We'll try. Man the longboats. All hands up! Man the longboats! Cast away! Cast away! It's a strange story you tell, Dr. Frankenstein. You pursued this man for forty years. Not a man. A monstrous being. Over mountain and desert. 
ocean and plain. From the vales of Africa, here to the Arctic Circle I have followed. I always just behind, he always just ahead. For forty years I have known no home, no friends, only solitude, misery, and an empty dream of vengeance. Now I'm dying. I can pursue no longer. There, there, man. Five days on that ice flow didn't do you any good. But our ship's doctor will soon have you on your feet and as good as new. What you need now is lots of rest. Ah, good captain. I fear that rest is all that remains to me. The creature has taken everything. All of my happiness. That he should live to be an instrument of mischief disturbs me. But in other respects, this hour, when I momentarily expect my release, is the only happy one which I have enjoyed for several years. <coughs> Seek happiness and tranquility, and avoid ambition, even if it be only the apparently innocent one of distinguishing yourself in science and discoveries. Yet why do I say this? I have myself been blasted in these hopes. Yet another may succeed. Dr. Frankenstein. Dr. Frankenstein! Poor man. Haunted even to his last breath. May you find peace in the hereafter, O oh Frankenstein. O oh Frankenstein. You. How? I crept aboard the ship when darkness fell. My father, he is... He has passed on. The end for a god as miserable as his Adam. What does it avail that I now ask you to pardon me? I, who irretrievably destroyed all that you loved. Your repentance comes too late. Without your diabolical urge for vengeance... Frankenstein would yet have lived. And do you dream? Do you think that I am dead to agony and remorse? <laughs> My heart was fashioned to be susceptible of love and sympathy, but was wrenched by misery to vice and hatred. It did not endure the violence of the change without torture such as you cannot even imagine. Because of him, virtue has become to me a shadow, and happiness and affection are turned into bitterness and loathing despair. But it is true that I am a wretch. I have murdered the lovely and the helpless I have devoted my creator to misery. I have pursued him even to his absolute ruin. There he lies, white and cold in death. Fiend! Wretch! Have you come here to revel in the desolation that you have made? I sense your fear, Captain. You hate me, but your loathing cannot equal that with which I regard myself. Fear not that I shall be the instrument of future mischief. 
My work is nearly complete. Soon these burning miseries will be extinct. Their ashes will be swept into the sea by the winds. I shall quit your vessel on the ice raft which brought me to your craft. I will take this broken husk, which was once unto a god, and bury it as a father. Farewell, Captain. I leave you and in you the last of humankind. My eyes will ever behold. Wait. Put down that body. The monster has leapt through the window into Arctic water. No, not in the water. He's climbed into some some manner of raft. May their spirits sleep in peace. There, out on the ice, they are borne away by the waves and lost in darkness and distance. <laughs> and them's the true facts about the story of Frankenstein. <laughs> Tonight's story was originally created, written, and directed by Alonzo Dean Cole, and is an adaptation of Mary Shelley's novel, Frankenstein, or The Modern Prometheus. Our program today starred Matt Bailey as Victor Frankenstein, and Daniel Morey as the monster, and also featured the voices of Jackie Rogers, Madeline Key, Laura Fox LaPole, Sandra Christian, and Kali Israel. This is Matt Bailey, hoping you will join us again on December 1st, when we will present our next mystery from Glenview Mansion, and watch as one of Europe's most beloved detectives brings his little gray cells across the pond in Agatha Christie's Poirot, The Case of the Careless Client. <laughs>